What did they influence you to do that you would, have, you would not have done if they hadn't been around? Let me ask you that again. What did they influence you to do that you wouldn't have done if they hadn't been around? Let's, let's pray for a minute. God, I believe that you created every single person and that you created every single person, both in this room and in the world, first and foremost, to experience a relationship with the God of the universe. I believe that. And God, I also believe that when you created us, when you created us as human beings, that, that you said that it wasn't good, the only thing that you created that you said wasn't good was the fact that you created Adam without Eve. And you, th- you said that that wasn't good. And so, God, you've created us for relationship, both with you and with other people. And, and God, I pray specifically right now that, that you would use my vocal cords and, and my personality to communicate things that you've said about relationships. I, I have nothing to say. As a matter of fact, if I, if I tell you, if I tell these people what I know about relationships, more than likely I will screw that up. So God, I pray that, that you would speak through me. I pray that you would speak in spite of me. And God, that you would teach us something about the they in our life. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Tonight we're going to talk about the sway of they. The sway of they. You see, I believe that there is a wrong they, and there's also a right they. There's a wrong they, and there's a right they. As a matter of fact, if I were to ask you what your friends are like, I would probably pre- be able to predict with great accuracy the trajectory of your life. I would probably be able to predict your past, your present, and your future based on who you hang out with. You see, because if you're really honest with yourself, if you run with the crowd, the crowd will run you. Is that true? The people that you hang out with, the people that you are closest to, the people you are closest with, more than likely you personify traits of them. They. You tracking? If you show me your friends, I will be able to show you your future. In Proverbs 27, 19, there's a super wise guy named Solomon it says that he's probably the, the wisest guy that ever lived. He said this. He said, a mirror reflects a man's face. You guys in the crowd right now, you wake up in the morning. I bet every single one of you, at least one time a day, girls at probably 50 or 60 times a day, when you look in the mirror, you see the outside appearance of what you look like. Is this true? Not rocket science, right? You're like, Solomon, you are the wisest person on earth. Thank you very much for that. That was awesome. 
He goes on to say, right after this, he says, but what he is really like, meaning what you are really like, is shown by the kinds of friends we choose. It means that the people in our lives determine the outcome of our lives. They help us to go one way or another way. The sway of they. So, I'm going to ask you a few questions. And I want you to ponder these questions. I want you to think about these questions in your own life. And then we're going to break out into some small groups and we're going to talk about it more in depth. But here's the questions that I want you to be thinking about. Who are the they in your life? Who are they? Another question is, what are they doing? What are they doing? Another question, where are they going? Where are they going? Who are they? What are they doing and where are they going? I want to give you a a couple of examples from scriptures of, of two guys who had the wrong they in it and the right they in it. This guy who wrote the book of Proverbs, the wisest guy that has been stated ever to live, it said that right in the beginning, it says that Solomon was a guy who lived for God. He, he wanted to be a godly dude. His father, David, was said to have been a man after God's own heart. I personally want to be a man after God's own heart. Solomon, his father, was a man after God's own heart. And it says that Solomon himself was a man that wanted to live for God. But do you know what happened? This crazy things happen. Solomon began to hang out with the wrong they. As a matter of fact, his whole life, he began to surround himself with the wrong they. And at the end of his life, he said this. It's in the book of Ecclesiastes. He said this about life. It's all vanity. Think about the mirror. The picture of the, in the, the face in the mirror. It's all vanity, Solomon says. He said that Solomon, he wasted his time chasing after the wind, chasing after things that did not matter, chasing after friendships that did not matter, chasing after friendships that took him in the wrong direction. And he finishes by saying this, and I think this is a very, very cool phrase for us tonight. He finishes by saying, it's all vanity, wasted time chasing after the wind. Remember God when you are young. So this, the wisest guy on earth who begins to hang out with the wrong they, at the end of his life, he said, I've wasted my time. I've gone off in this direction with the wrong they. He said, remember God when you are young. So at the end of Solomon's life, what you see is what? You see regret. You see regret that he, he, he was caught up in the sway of they, and his life was determined by that. There's a dude by the name of Daniel. Give Daniel some props. Pretty sweet name, if I don't say so myself. Uh, Daniel hung out with the right they. Daniel was a guy who lived in the time where his people, the, the, the nation of Israel, 
was being basically held in slavery or basically like beaten down for what they believed. Like they had rules. This government decided that, that they couldn't pray. They, they just wanted to pray. And, and, and this government said, no, you, you can't do that. You can't worship God. You can't pray. And, and so Daniel and these three dudes, I call them the, the great firemen, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were the right they. You see, when the government said, hey, all of you people, all you nation, you can't worship God, you can't pray to God, you can't think about God, you can't do any of these things that you want to do, what, he, what, what they were saying to them is, you can't be you. But there were four people, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they stood up to the government while everyone else said, you know what, we'll cave we, we, we want to obey the laws. You, I don't want to, you know, forget God. We'll just throw them off to the side. But Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were the right they, and they stuck together. Did you know that after persecution, after they were being beaten down for their faith, they became leaders of their entire nation? Because they hung out with the right they. They hung out with each other. They weren't swayed by the crowd. They weren't swayed by the disbelief of the other people. They weren't swayed by the government who wanted to pull them down. They hung out with the right they, and God honored that, and he took them to levels, the next level, that they've never been before. They became leaders of their nation. And they stood up. They stood up in worship of God and in, and in prayer, not just for themselves. You see, their, their faith wasn't just about them because what God does in you to stand up for him sets other people free. Did you know this? If you stand up for what's good and what's right and what's pure, what's godly, God isn't going to just set you free. He's going to set a nation free. You see, the, these people, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and, and Abednego, the right they, the entire nation was able to worship freely because of four dudes standing up for their faith. Do I want to be Solomon, who at the end of his life said, I've wasted everything, chasing after the wind? Or do I want to be a Daniel, a Shadrach, and a Meshach, whatever the names are? Do I want to be those guys who are living life to the fullest and helping people to know God and to love him and to worship freely? They became free. They became Leaders, the sway of they. The sway of they, the wrong they, and the right they. I used to work at Starbucks, and at Starbucks you have to do inventory. You do inventory on the amount of coffee. So basically, every bag of coffee in the shop, you have to count it one by one to make sure you know how many bags of coffee you have in the shop. You also have to count like how many mugs, how many coffee makers, how many, all the stuff that's in Starbucks, you have to count how many to see what you got, Right? So in doing an inventory, we're going to take a look at what we've got in our lives. We're going to take a look at our, do we have the right they in our lives and, or are we the right they? You ready? Question number one about your friends. Do they motivate me to love God more? Do they motivate me to love God more? In Hebrews 3.13, it says this, encourage one another daily as long as it is called today. Meaning, 
encourage one another to love God daily, today. Remember how our man Solomon said that at the end of his life, he's like, remember God when you were young? If you encourage one another to love God daily, it'll change your life. Number two, do they celebrate God's blessings in my life? Proverbs 11.10 says this, the whole city celebrates when the godly succeed. How many of you have had a friend who when you do something good or something goes right in your life, they hate you for it? How many of you have had a friend that gets so mad at your successes? They get jealous of what you've done well. They get upset. They start to compare themselves. How many of you have, have had a friend like that? How many of you have been a friend like that? The right they. The right they celebrates your successes. They don't celebrate your failures. They celebrate your successes and they help you to succeed more. So are you hanging out with the right they that do that and or are you a person who does that for others? Number three, do they have my back? Not my way back, but my back. In Proverbs 17, 7, it says, A friend is always loyal. Always loyal. Do you know how you can tell a good friend? There's a phrase called, when the crap hits the fan. You probably heard it in a different term. When the crap hits the fan in your life, and it will, guaranteed, Something will go wrong, something won't go quite right, something, some sort of hurdle comes your way, the right they are right alongside you, they're with you every step of the way. Did you know that Jesus was a man that imitated this everywhere he went? As a matter of fact, when he left this world, he came back and he told his disciples, he said this, I will be with you to the end of of the age. I will be with you. Jesus is saying that. God himself is saying that he will be with you to the end of the age. Did you know that you will never get a friend better than God himself? My wife is my best friend. Yeah. Yeah, seriously, that's awesome. She, she might not agree with that. And even though she's my best friend, I've said this before, even though she's my best friend, she's going to, at times, let me down. I'm still going to stand by her. You know what's also true? I'm going to let my best friend down. Did you know this? Kelsey, have I let you down before? Have I let you down today? How many times? Many. <laughs> God will never, ever let you down. Ever. A friend is always loyal. David said this. David, King David, 
man after God's own heart. He was about, he was in the midst of fighting a war, and these people were coming against him, and he had these people come to him, and, and, and they, right, they had, they, they came to him. They came to him, and his first, the first words out of his mouth to these people are, was this, because they were traveling from a different land, they were coming to see him, and, and David's question of them was this, are you with me? Are you with me? He didn't ask them, so how many times did you read your Bible today? He didn't ask you, hey, do you pray every single day? David didn't ask that question. David didn't even ask, hey, what kind of skills do you have as a warrior? We're in the middle of this war. You've kind of seen it. You've, kind of, you've been around it. What kind of skills do you have to fight the battle? He, he didn't ask him that question. He asked, him, he asked this question, are you with me? Are you with me? He wanted to know, did you come here to harm me? Or did you come here to help me? You see, the right they in your life come to help you. They want to aid you. They want to help you. They want to lift you up. They want to excel you forward. They want to push you into becoming something greater, something next level. The wrong they come to harm you. The wrong they get jealous of you. The wrong they cut you down. The wrong they take your knees out. The wrong they and the right they. Are you the wrong they or are you the right they? Number three. Do they hold me accountable out of love and friendship? Do they hold me accountable out of love and friendship? I want to say something real fast. Nobody, nobody has the right to correct you unless they know you and loves you. Did you hear what I said? Nobody has the right to correct you unless they know you and love you. You see, we live in a world that likes to rip people down. We live in a world that if we see someone tweet something or Facebook something or Instagram something, we want to tear someone apart and we don't even know them. Is that true? We don't even know. How many times, has that happened to you? Someone comes to you and they, they don't even know who you are. They don't know the real you. They don't know what makes you tick. And yet they want to just rip you down. Never take correction. Never take correction for someone who doesn't know you and doesn't love you. In contrast, accountability emerges out of affinity. If someone loves you, if you know that they are with you, remember how David asked, are you with me? If you know that your friends are with you, Here's what, here's what the Bible says about that. Proverbs 21, 20, 27, 6. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. Your friends will correct you in love to help you to become something better. Does it hurt? Can it hurt in the moment? If someone loves you and they correct you, if they see you 
go this way or that way, or they think that you might be misled in some, in some way, and they're trying to help guide you back on course, if they try and help you out of love, and they're sharing something that's painful and it hurts, that is better than an enemy who kisses you. Looking at you, Isaac. <laughs> Wounds from a friend, a sincere friend, are better than many kisses from an enemy. A wound from a friend. Has any one of you experienced a friend coming to you and sharing something with you to help you grow out of your current state to lead you to a better place? Do you want that kind of friend? Do you want a kind of friend that leads you and helps you in that way? Do you want the other kind of friend that will just pat you on the back no matter what you do? If, if you want a kind of friend that just pats you on the back and says, you know what, it's okay, it's all right, forget it, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. I know you're getting high every day and your brain's going to be messed up for the rest of your life, but man, wounds from a friend, a sincere friend, is so much better than kisses from an enemy. What kind of friend are you? I want to give you an example of this. David, first of all, I am standing here right now as a guy who doesn't have this all figured out. You guys know this, right? I am not the perfect friend. You know what I'm saying? I want to give you an example out of Scripture. David, back to King David. David was a dude after God's own heart, right? Remember this? He messed up horribly. David... King David sent this, he, he fell in love with this woman just by watching her, just by gazing at her. He was like, bam, that girl's hot. David's like, oh, I want to give you some of that. That's what, David, that's what David did. I'm just keeping it real. That's what David did. David was looking out on the rooftop. He saw this hot babe, and you know what he did? David sent that woman's husband to the front lines of war so that he would be killed. David killed homegirl's husband so that David could have sex with her. This is the guy after God's own heart. And this dude named Nathan, this dude named Nathan who loved David dearly, he knew David. He knew that David wanted to be a godly dude. And he came up to David and said, dude, you've got to change. You've got to go a different direction. You're messing yourself up. This isn't the right path. This isn't the right way. God has full forgiveness for you, David. God has full restoration for you, David. But you've got to change and go a different direction. If you want to be a friend with the right they... You not only have to have friends that are willing to have those tough conversations with you, but you also have to be a person who, who is willing to receive what they say to you. If, David, if, if Nathan came up to David and said, dude, you're messing up. You're, no, you're a godly dude. I know you want to be a godly dude. You just killed a dude and you slept with his wife you got to change something. If David would have been like, dude, forget you, I'm the king. We probably wouldn't be reading about him or talking about him today. But he received correction from a friend, wounds from a sincere friend. He changed his direction. He got on, back on path with God, and he lived a godly life, and he was restored. And do you know what happened? Do you know what happened to David? 
David, if you read Psalm 51, David is crying out to God, asking him to restore him. After this, he's in a very broken place and he asks for forgiveness and God restores him. And it's amazing. God is in the business of reconciliation. He's in the business of restoration. He's in the business of making all things new. He's not in the business of condemning you and breaking you down and tearing you up and telling you you're horrible. He's in the business of picking you up and restoring you back to the place he created you to be. And he's placed people, the right they, in our lives to help do that. Number five, do they live what they believe? There is a lot of people out there who in the name of Jesus have done some ridiculously stupid things. There's a lot of people out there that hate church. There's a lot of people out there that hate Christians because in the name of Christianity, people have done and said stupid things. Do they live what they believe? Do you live what you believe? Did you know that the scripture says that God is love? God is love. God doesn't love. God is love. You can't even wrap your, your arms around that, can you? Wrap your minds around it, your hearts around it. God is love. Psalm 119.63 says this. This is David saying this. I am a friend to anyone who fears you, God. Anyone who obeys you. I am a friend to anyone who fears you. This word fear there isn't like, hey, I'm afraid of God. It's more of a, hey, God, you are so much bigger and so much grander and so much more than who I am. You created everything we see and everything we imagine, and you created me, which means that you're bigger and better and badder than I am. And, it's, and this fear is literally putting God in his place and being humble enough to go, God, you're God. I, I am not God. But a lot of times we like to, to, to put ourselves in that highest pedestal of where God should be. And so we don't, we don't fear God. And if we don't fear God, then it's hard for us to obey what he tells us to be. So a friend follows God, and he does what he says. Number six. Do they have the right they in their life? Do your friends, are they the right they and do they have the right they in their life? I can tell you something right now. You can find the right they here. And some of you are not the right they yet. You can find the right they here, and you can find the right they out there, but more than likely the right they is here. But the other question is, is are you the right they? Can your friends see you as the right they? All those things that we just ask questions about. 
Are you the right day? Are you hanging out with the right day? 2 Corinthians 6.14 says this. Don't become partners with those who reject God. How can you make a partnership out of right and wrong? That's not partnership. That's, that's war. Is light best friends with dark? Is light best friends with dark? In this passage of Scripture, this passage of Scripture is, is usually associated with marriage, but did you know it's actually about relationship in general? And, and, in, and in the original translation, meaning the Greek, because I'm so smart, just kidding, the picture that is displayed here is of a, of a yoke. Do you, how many of you guys know what a yoke is? No, it's not, a, it's not, it's not an, an egg, Max, okay? It's, it's not an egg yoke. That's a good guess, though. A yoke, in way back in the day, I don't think you ever see these today, a yoke is this big old huge harness that they would strap animals to in order to plow a field. And the reason that they strap these animals together in this yoke, in this, in this plow, is because they wanted to be able to plow straight lines. If you didn't have these, these, these animals yoked together, they could drag each other off in this direction, in that direction, in this direction, and you would have the worst field ever. You'd be looking at this field go, what? Someone invent a combine because this is terrible. So equally yoked is a picture of going in the same direction together. And the reason why it's used in marriage so often, the reason why it's talked about in terms of, of spirituality is because if you believe in Jesus and if you want to follow Jesus and what he commands and what he, he wants us to do and become, and, you have, and you're married to someone who doesn't have any interest in that or want to do that, what is happening? Your, your trajectory is going in different paths. It's going away from each other, not together. It's not plowing in the same line. Do you know that Jesus was either crazy or God? Jesus was either straight up cray cray or he was God. Do you, do you know why? Because he said this, I am the way, straight line, the truth, and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You know what I'm saying? I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the straight line between you and the greatest thing you could ever possibly imagine, being in the presence of God himself. Jesus is the straight line, the greatest friend. Yoke yourself to Jesus, and your life will never be the same. Yoke yourself to Jesus, yoke yourself to the right they, and your life will go to a whole nother level. You guys ready to go to the next level? Yoke yourself to the right they, yoke yourself to Jesus, and you will go to the next level. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you so much for tonight. God, we just, we, we want to become people who fall in love with you. Uh, God, you, it even says that, this is how crazy your love is, it, it, it says that we love, we're able to love other people because you first loved us. That's what, that's what scripture says. And that's so cool to me that I could, I have the ability to love someone else. I have the ability to become the right they because you first modeled being the right they to us. And that is fascinating, God. And that is humbling. And it's, 
it's just amazing, and I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of what you're doing. I want to be a part of sharing that kind of awesomeness with the world. I want to be the right they. So God, help me to take this inventory of who I have in my life, my closest friends, and help me to maybe swim away from people who aren't the right they because they aren't helping me to become more. God, help me to find the right they. And more importantly, God, help me to become the right they. Help me to draw others to become the right they. God, we believe that when you have a collision with people, they become the right they. We pray that that's magnetic. We, play that, we pray that we are the most joyful, obscenely, awesome, excited, energetic people on the planet because we love you and because we love people. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.